0: Welcome to Percussion Perspectives, a podcast by Henrik Knarborg Larsen and Håkon Steine. Each episode of Percussion Perspectives features one or more musical artists in conversation about musical education, practice and aesthetic and sociological perspectives. Hello, I'm Henrik Knarborg Larsen, and in this episode I talk with Juliane Hodkinson, a composer that works with instruments, objects, electronics, text, voice, and visual formats, and is also my colleague at the Royal Academy of Music in Aarhus. We talk about how composers work with performers and uh, the process and a lot of other fun stuff. (laughs) Okay. So, welcome, Jolana Hodgkinson, to the Percussion Perspective podcast, and... uh, I would like to start out right away to ask about if there's a connecting thread or light motif that runs throughout your practice.
1: Oh, that's an easy one to start with. That's really hard.
0: Yes, this is the hard podcast, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I would kind of hope not in a way because I hope that I'm always uh, moving, you know, towards something that I don't know what uh, what is. Uh, and I also kind of resist a little bit the idea that I'm although I know I am old enough to, you know, that one could see some pattern, you know, but of course one always thinks of oneself as being not that old. So, um, but in terms of a kind of credo, like no matter how things have actually gone and how, how you know, the, what I have actually, uh, what work I've actually done, I guess um, I'm always, I've always been interested very much in a sort of uh, the artistic experience both from the creative side and from the um side of a audience or spectator as being a place where we uh, you know we we work up some kind of intensity or focus uh, and that that is a kind of microcosm of so many other things in uh, yeah in our lives so you know so in my work i've always been interested in thinking of yeah, micro social mechanisms that go on when we work together as musicians and so on Uh, these things you know playing out through art and reminding us us of relations that we have uh, in all the rest of you know in other aspects of our lives
0: so the communication between you and the performers somehow uh, is the background of the experience the audience will get is that
1: Yeah, or even also that the increasingly I've just turned my attention to the idea that we do it all together, including the audience, and the audience is, uh, you know, so if we talk about, you know, intrinsic and extrinsic aspects of music, the the extrinsic things that, you know, that everyone brings in their own way to what might or might not be intrinsic in the music or in the experience and so on – this interests me more and more, um, the, the idea that, that it's what we bring to it. And so therefore the, yeah, the, the relations definitely between, uh, f- yeah, all the creators involved, all the performers involved, but also all the listeners involved. Um,
0: yeah. Mm. And a lot of your works has the subtitle or the, the, the label semi-staged, uh, in them so can you define a little bit that idea and of course it it's easy to understand what you mean but but why is it semi-staged and not staged for instance
1: Mm, i guess uh well if we again if we take this extrinsic and intrinsic idea and talk about dramaturgy for example or dramatization you know so yes i want a little bit of drama i talked about intensity so i want you know i want some theatricals in a way but not uh you know when we think of something as being staged very quickly we're on a path towards asking what what is the world we're creating then um and that that's um i'm i'm absolutely not a theater expert so it's always going to be a relatively abstract sonic uh staging so yeah i guess i say semi because somebody who's expecting a full staging will be desperately disappointed mm. to to turn up and find that at the end of the day uh, what I wanted to do was have uh have people making sound <laughs> and not you know there's there's no singing and dancing so
0: and when you work with this uh connection between the staging and and the music with the performers can you tell a little about how that process works? Is it defined from you from the beginning or is it you're working it out in the in the substance when you're working with the performers and what is important for you in that process?
1: Yeah, this can be quite different from project to project because certain projects are born within a framework which is already, there are already a lot of givens towards myself, towards the performers uh, and other other projects arise you know either yeah through a musician or an ensemble coming to to me or me coming to them with an idea and there and therefore you know it has it has a sort of different message at the outset um but i guess that you know as i as i go on i'm more and more happy about those collaborations uh where we all don't know at the beginning.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the ideal starting point.
0: <laughs> Process oriented works. Basically.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course, uh, since this is a percussion podcast, it could be nice to know a little more about your recent collaborations with the uh, speak percussion. You you have these two uh, floral phone pieces with matches and with these lights swords. and, <laughs> um, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about how these works are and and how they were developed?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I guess I have wanted to work with Speak Percussion for some years before we actually began working together. And then we began and then it also took a couple of years of, uh, I, yeah, over a year of uh, workshopping um, when we decided, okay, if we're going to work together, then we're going to revisit this idea which i had uh, worked on many many years before with matches but we're going to revisit it now with amplification and think about scale and think about uh how to kind of uh, yeah how, how to bring in simultaneity and synchronicity uh into this material that i've been so obsessed with just these small flames um so we yeah, we workshop that in various ways, you know, with them in Australia and me in Europe and getting together in Copenhagen and then remotely again, um just sort of circling around what's possible, what's interesting, uh what what can they bring, what do they bring as a sensory motoric set of skills that that they each have, um and uh, and, and which which of those things um you know can can i work with you know can i invest so when they show me some things that they can do uh ha- how how does that change what i can imagine um so that that was a very in, in for a long uh for a long time that was a very sort of material concentrated Process, but also um, involving long conversations uh, between me and Eugene Getty and Matthias Schack Arnott, uh, Louise Devenish, talking our way around each of our practices and circling around these terms of, yeah, the post instrumental, the post percussion, mm. also post intentional composition, uh, you know, all these kind of uh, uh, ways of cracking open. Uh, any practices which um, which might stand in the way of um, regarding a material or an object-based approach as as good as working with a piano or a cello or a marimba or something like that, a sort of pre, pre-made instrument. Um, so that, that collaboration, you know, it was really about evolving on many different fronts and also aligning our practices because, of course, there was so much in uh a, a group like speak percussion like like you know several others of course but not infinite number of other groups um they you know they have a really unique set of experiences and they have posed themselves many questions and spend a long time thinking about how they're going to answer those questions in their practice um so it was very much about aligning all our questions to ourselves and aligning our practices and seeing what together that would result in yeah, and then the second the second piece that I wrote for them. So, so the first uh, the first piece was yeah this revisiting of the material with the matches, um, and and sort of bringing that forward a decade or two and, and looking at it again. Um, the second piece, Thresh. Actually, I must say, when I got to re- make that piece. I suddenly realized I've actually never written really for percussion before because everything I've done has been, I mean, you know, percussion is about hitting things, right? Um, And everything I've done has been about stroking or dropping it on the floor or uh, scraping or uh, everything except, you know, nothing to do with mallets, nothing to do with, I've never really had many conversations about mallets with percussionists and probably I definitely should but um, uh, I've always kind of avoided a little bit that uh, the the sort of hitting mechanism and suddenly then I was uh, you know taken by the idea of doing this piece where it's just all about uh, hitting tapping knocking striking all of that um, and and that piece um, also I I went into it with, a, with massively inspired from a comment that Eugene had made when we were in our first collaboration where he said um, as we were heading towards the premiere he was saying Yeah, I think, you know, a piece like this with these materials and working out how to travel with a piece like this. He was talking about lightness. Mm. Um, Yeah, it probably takes about two years to find out exactly what is the form of that piece. Um, And that just took a a weight off my, you know, off my shoulders because, you know, the pressure of the premiere and feeling that you have this one shot or otherwise it's never going to be played again. And if it doesn't... uh, and I just really was super refreshed by the idea that he felt that, a, you know, a good piece of work takes two years from the premiere to let the dust settle and find out what it's really about. So that was what hap- what has happened with, with Thresh as well. And I've also spent some of the time during the pandemic um revising that again again uh looking at the materials again uh looking at a sort of more a less disciplined uh way to use uh the horizontal and vertical material setup that i that i had there and using different materials and i've been doing that with uh an ensemble in uh, in copenhagen NECO three and they've just been super busy uh building constructing trying all kinds of different methods so that has taken uh you know that has also taken a whole different turn in their hands um and doubtless at some point then that will kind of go back to speak as well and get their uh take on on you know how how they uh see where that piece is at now but just to be inspired by uh eugene's comment like sort of yeah give it a couple of years um mm. that that was just great yeah so very process oriented
0: and also very interesting that you as a composer is part of that process after the premiere and continues to work. Um, so what, what, are, what are the changes that you're making in the work?
1: Uh, in Thresh, I, it's really, um, it, I was very interested because um, uh, Kala, uh, one of the three in NECO 3, uh, he said to me that he uh, had an, a sort of overwhelming feeling that this is a piece about plastic. He, uh, and it was very funny because the I, I, I made the original version. It was all in wood, uh, but I had painted it these neon colors uh, or this kind of super, super strong orange. So I guess, yeah, it does look a bit sort of, it looks very synthetic or artificial, um, although it's actually all wood. And I realized that I had traveled my original kind of vision uh, for the piece had been very kind of bambooy and cany and 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 then as it sort of became a piece about light, then of course it was okay. Well, we just need to paint everything either black or orange, uh, and and suddenly by do, making that contrast and sticking UV light on it, uh, it, it became this uh, super artificial uh, material experience. Um, so I decided to go with what Kala had experience and so well how how about if i do mix up the materials and i bring in acrylic and metal uh and also the sound of that piece had always been the problem how to get a kind of scruffy sound uh at the same time what i wanted was the kind of like a scruffy sounding result from a very very disciplined um motoric uh control mm-hmm. uh so the actual hitting you know the movements that the musicians do are very tight um but ideally what would come out of it would be all over the place so I pushed that a lot further um in in this version with mixing the materials and then mixing yeah, yeah seeing trying to bring them to the point uh where they would actually kind of talk back and begin to sort of spring back uh and interrupt like sort of yeah intervene in their in in the musicians control so um yeah now thanks to the pandemic this this version the you know the performance of it has been postponed at least three times so I, we haven't quite got to the to the stage of rigging the whole thing up and trying it out but um but it's it's been a great process for me
0: mm. that's really interesting to hear how this this old-fashioned view as the composer is delivering a result and then the musician has to interpret that from there and it's totally upside down in this kind of collaborations yeah
1: yeah, but i think we are many people uh, in you know i think we're you know both composers and musicians we're all kind of like meeting in this place where uh, where we're interested in dis- dissolving this i'm really interested also with percussion in the fact that there are so many non percussionists coming you know there are, there the, the, you know a piece like uh, lightness for example has also been played by ictus and it was none of the musicians of, uh, of the three musicians from ictus who played that piece were percussionists mm. um, but they were really happy to take on you know a sort of you know they definitely brought to to it each their own instrumental approach and they were very happy to kind of climb into the shoes of a percussionist for a while and think you know how am i going to organize this you know all the logistics planning it, all of those things that percussionists do you know if, yeah every day um and that a clarinetist, you know doesn't have to think about the logistics of organizing their clarinet they, they they're worried about other things but not that yeah. um yeah I, I was very interested that the percussion has become this field where uh where we are all kind of you know we're we're crossing from different directions and percussionists themselves you know are also going outside of themselves to do everything as well as hating things <laughs>
0: yes acting and singing and all that kind of stuff of course but what just to get into that that's an interesting difference i think from the percussive perspective if if you have musicians playing the same piece as big being percussionists and non percussionists so I, I know it's a hard question, but can you can you put your your hand on some parts that were different? Then is is it another way of phrasing, or is it a another approach to improvising or putting things together? Or can can you describe something?
1: Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Ictus, the three musicians were um, a guitarist, a flautist, and a clarinetist and uh yeah the guitarist uh tom powells he took a very also because he's an electric guitarist you know he uh, he took a very very practical approach uh to a, also to the amplification he brought a lot of uh a lot of work to the amplica- amplification of the piece and also just lining up equipment just you know like get the get the foot pedals for the page turns get, get just get all of that to work you know sort of like super slick and have a plan b and a plan c for all of that so he he was very kind of uh on onto those solutions um and the the two win players they brought a lot of phrasing to it uh, and it was very much about okay could this gesture you know where's it going and where's it coming through and if I if I you know lift the match into the air you know it, 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 what curve am I making in, in the air visually? And, yeah. and what kind of temporality? So they were definitely bringing, you know, bringing, maybe it's a very cliched way of, way of me seeing their work. Um, maybe, maybe they wouldn't kind of recognize that that's where they put the accent, but that, that's how it came across to me.
0: Um. Mm. Yeah, and from the percussionist view, we have a tendency, of course, to to be very focused on the beating and and all this kind of motion that creates uh, the sound, um, instead of of being focused on the line after the sound. Just from the nature of our instrument, uh, so it's 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 obvious. But still, I think it's it's very interesting for percussionists to to think about and change our approach to this because that can create a new uh, way of of using the instruments. Okay. Was there ever a significant break or change in your artistic process?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess there have been a few. Um, Often driven by kind of general life changes that make you see your work in another perspective. Um, and from time to time, I've also kind of promised myself to, to uh, stop doing some things or to start doing some things. Um, and I would say about five years ago, for example, I made a yeah pledge to myself about this involvement, the sort of distribution of aid, agency uh, in the way that I would work. And I felt – and that was kind of really – a way to push myself to go a bit further with involving listeners not only as um you know opening up opportunities for them to have a perspective on this or that but actually demanding something of listeners as well i wanted listeners actually to get involved i realized yeah i mean we we do all these concerts and we know that half the audience is colleagues of one kind or another and they have enormous competences, uh, and um, and I just I, I felt something in the also the exchange economy of working in the arts, where we all know that there are a whole load of uh, financial sums that don't add up, uh, and the way that we work together is full of this kind of give and take in relation to the fact that uh, you know some some gigs are well paid and some of them are, are really not. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe on one gig, somebody's somebody's in a having a better deal than another, and I just felt felt that. Um, also, with my experiences uh, with the independent arts scene in Berlin, I just felt like I really wanted to sort of commit to that more uh, as a as a field. We're we're working. Not only are we're working on individual works as individual artists but we are we're working in a field where we're involving one another in all kinds of ways that crisscross all the time. So I wanted to, you know, so I started working with threads and strings <laughs> that had to be held by, you know, combination of uh, listeners and musicians um, and I just really wanted to sort of like paint out these relations and connections and make it obligatory that you know I I wanted to start making pieces that honestly cannot be done they can't even be rehearsed uh, if you don't have a willing audience <laughs> so it, maybe it sounds a little bit perverse or coercive or something like that but um i just really wanted to f- sort of say hey you know we're all in this together <laughs> so let's you know let's all work on this concert <laughs> um and obviously not not everything that i've done since i made that decision has been like that I have also you know just uh you know made some pieces where somebody wanted a score and so I made a score and then then they work on it um but it has been a very interesting journey for me to um to sort of start off that trajectory as well and say okay there's a family of pieces there um where I try out those relations in a very literal way uh and and over time I begin to see what's the consequences of working like that um you know, for better and for worse.
0: Mm, mm. Okay. Can you mention uh, some of your most significant influences, musically, personally, or, or otherwise?
1: Ooh, all of that. Yeah, I mean, of course, it changes so much. Again, it's this thing mm. of being on a journey. And um uh, so I, I, I can't really say that there's been one, like, steady star that I've been... Uh, guided by the whole the whole time there are there are many and it's also very non-hierarchical that um, I can be just as much inspired by my children as by uh, a senior colleague with tons of experience so um, yeah I'm I'm actually dodging this question aren't I (laughs) (laughs) it's a tricky one (laughs) <laughs> but I mean for example when I've done pieces where I put uh um you know like my uh, piano piece when the wind blows where I put you know bits of Webern quoted very directly alongside Fisher Price toys um you know I have often really wanted to see things in relation to one another so uh, so this idea of being influenced or being inspired or being obsessed by yeah, something like uh, a match flame or my children's toys or an iconic piece of piano literature. Um, uh, You know, all of these things have been important for me to see them kind of at the same level um, and to not have heroes. Um, I I guess also feminism has been very important to me and increasingly so uh, um, over the past years. Um, and uh, so that idea of kind of yeah definitely not not having heroes but many 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 influences it's in the plurality it's a multi layered uh, um, uh, yes a stream a stream of insp- inspiration from many different places uh, rather than putting individuals on a on a pedestal.
0: Mm. That makes absolutely sense. Also, this openness to draw that into your your different works. Um, is there anything you regret in your career?
1: I could have made things so much more easy for myself. (laughs) 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 I mean, of course, every working process is something that I basically regret because it brings enormous challenges and (laughs) problems and they're all absolutely unnecessary because everything we do in the arts is... Uh, voluntary (laughs) you know we're not performing open heart surgery we're not saving anyone's life we could just leave it all and and do something else um so in that way of course uh yeah I regret it all at the same time that's what that I still continue to do it it's something I can't give up I've so I've tried so many times giving up uh giving up composing so (laughs) (laughs) I've also tried so many times starting.
0: <laughs> I luckily not succeeded in stopping yet. So what what motivates you or drives your practice forward since you haven't stopped yet so. <laughs>
1: um yeah, I mean I guess it's often uh, throwing something which is non which is not musical or maybe not even artistic, throwing a concept ahead of myself and seeing how I would chase it with an artistic practice. Um uh yeah so in some phases uh, it it might be something social political um yeah so i've spoken a lot about social relations and so on and i think yeah okay if i I can't change the world but i can actually create a micro world where we can try out some of these things um so yeah it's often something to do with uh, organizing ourselves around different concepts and seeking um ways of both making those construct co- concepts more abstract and more concrete or just like differently concrete than how we meet them in our uh yeah you know so-called everyday uh lives which is of course a euphemism because yeah what's an everyday life but there we go um yeah so that also doesn't really answer your question does it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe it's hard to answer in a, in a concrete way, but, but somehow it, it gives you a, a thread in that direction. So, in very few days we will actually start the Nordic Percussion Festival as a collaboration for the first time between composers and, uh, and percussionists. Um, and of course, you don't know and I don't know what, what is going to happen there yet. Uh, but, but what are your expectations of, of creating this kind of uh, laboratory? For for composers and and percussionists, what do you think? It's-
1: I, I mean, of course, I'm incredibly excited. I think it's fantastic that you've uh, you know created this space for people to work together, and so many people from really massively different you know backgrounds places and and so on so um you know what we definitely can expect is that everyone is going into kind of deep water and uh you know which is not to say that that you know everyone needs to get outside their comfort zone because it can be great to do something that consolidates um as well it's it's really important um yeah at, at all stages of one's work also to consolidate things but i think the combination of um yeah the the combination of putting people together in this way where they're not exactly um kind of yeah where they, where we try to sort of like uh juggle them into into place which where they you know hopefully are sort of well coupled up um you know de- definitely will kind of give give them some exciting experiences of one another but look seen as on a whole as well um identifying the you know the big difference between uh, two people just finding or being being sort of put together uh, and them doing that within you know parallel with however many other mm-hmm. sets of uh, musical partnerships that are going on it produces an, a vast amount of kind of musical knowledge or musical experience um and i'm sure there will be a lot of comparative um knowledge coming out of that you know that each person has had their own process but they're looking also to see what everyone else uh is doing and what experiences they have had and i th- think you know they'll, they'll if if at all there's the possibility and I know you know we're all busy and time is time is an issue. But if if at all you know there's time f- for gathering up those threads and finding out uh, you know really share, sharing all that knowledge and that mm. kind the of experience that comes out of it, that that will be a huge resource for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the the theme of the electroacoustic experience, I guess, in many of your last works, you have used electroacoustic approaches. Uh, so what do you think? But where is electroacoustic music nowadays compared to 10 years ago? How is the development and what do we expect to happen?
1: oh yeah that's uh that's uh that's a big thing i mean also electroacoustic you know maybe before it has been a sort of well-defined thing and now it's just so so broad who knows if we are ever talking about the same thing when we talk about electroacoustic music but i mean looking at percussion of course it's that's also interesting i mean i said before the you know spoke about you know hitting things uh as opposed to or together with you know uh, stroking dropping doing all the other things but also you know what percussionists when a lot of at their time doing is you know pressing buttons or <laughs> triggering things you know the, the idea of triggering processes um and uh you know and working with faders and um you know all all these kind of extensions of the sensory motoric practice um uh you know is, is super exciting and it takes new forms with you know every time there's I mean, never mind whenever a new hardware comes out, but w- whenever a new software's <laughs> updated, you know, of course that's a so so i'm very i'm you know I'm very interested in the in this like sensitivity that that um musicians and percussionists bring to that whole field of um you know, maybe one of the big differences is that there is there has been a tradition for composers to do electroacoustic music in studios you know just the composer and the studio yeah, yeah. and assistants and so on and now it's kind of so much more in the hands of musicians uh and and that's just uh you know and and there is so much more blending going on there And when is when is it improvisation or composition or when is it sound design and all these different things kind of mixing into one to one another so i think we can also expect some kind of leaps and bounds on that front
0: yeah, definitely Okay, we are getting to an end, but I have one final question uh, ending up, and that is, what makes you happy? Ooh.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, being proved wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I suppose I'm, you know, like, um, I'm relatively, I'm quite a pessimist, actually, when it comes to the state of the world uh, and this, time that we're living through now i i'm not surprised at all and uh the turbulence of the moment that we live in uh which i feel very kind of compelled to engage with um uh yeah so the the greatest thing is to be proved wrong (laughs) in that in that regard um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so uh, around 20 years ago, actually, I remember our our first collaboration. And I, I think a lot of that happened in the kitchen in the University of Copenhagen. Isn't that true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, you know, the score was more or less a recipe. I think it was a pancake recipe. And I pretty much said to you, you know, Henrik, can you like play the kitchen? Uh, and you were fine with that. You were super cool. You're just like, yeah, okay, like this or like that? How do you want it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so
0: guess. this
1: is this was definitely a kind of pre-post uh, instrumental approach.
0: <laughs> and I guess I had about seven assistants who were non percussionists and I had to teach them how to create music in that kitchen somehow. Uh,
1: exactly. There was there was a violinist and uh it, yeah, I, we had. We, it was a very interdisciplinary project, and everyone was kind of everyone was working outside of their field the whole time. Uh, yeah, and you would, you know, it's just like, okay, how are we going to make this kitchen really kind of resound with noise with X number of people and this number of uh, utensils? And uh, yeah, Henrik, can you just organize that, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for participating and uh, I look forward also to our uh, work together the next few months with uh, this festival.
1: Same here. I'm looking forward so much. Thanks so much, Henrik. Thank
0: you for, for being here.